Hey, how you doing? It's Ian Whitworth from the Undisruptible Book and Website. This week's story for you. Band-Aids on Major Wounds. The Nightmare is coming from inside the building. It's nice when you watch a movie about a major police investigation into an activity you have plenty of personal experience in. Force of Nature, The Dry 2, is about a corporate team-building jaunt gone terribly wrong. There are many ways to die at night in the freezing bush. And there are so many better ways to resolve workplace grievances and performance issues than being sent into leachy wilderness with a map, compass and your boss. Good film, by the way. Check it out. The boss in the story, played by Deborah Lee Furness, admitted to the police that they didn't take randomly selected staff on this three-day survival test. No, they handpicked the people who had issues so they could make them into a better team through sharing a harrowing experience. Yes, I know it's a script, but I've seen plenty of this in real work life. It's the focus on band-aids rather than the wounds. It goes to the heart of your competence as a leader. Team building programs are an easy target because we've all been to so many stupid ones. You fall with closed eyes into your co-workers' outstretched arms. Make a pile of Lego into a swan. Or a nightmare Friday night office drinks bonding exercise at a big four consulting firm. A partner had bought an expensive vintage electric guitar, though he was a well below average player. He gathered all his staff and made them guess which songs he was trying to pick out in a sort of hybrid of Spicks and Specs, David Brent kind of game show. This report, by the way, from a competent muso I knew, who was one of the victims. And after all these activities, the earnest talk about how these learnings and shared experiences apply to your everyday work life, while everyone nods along and pretends it's true. Because to do otherwise will get you notes in your HR file, not a team player, etc. This stereotype is unfair. I know plenty of people who run team building activities that work. They bring people together, gently coax them out of their shell, and give them an experience they've never had. It's a useful culture builder, particularly in the remote work era. I don't think any pro team builder would suggest their programs will cure an organisation with fundamental problems in day-to-day working life. Our products are poorly regarded in the market. Our bureaucratic structure means decisions happen in geological timeframes. Our frontline staff spend hours each day apologising for things beyond their control. And middle management is locked in political turf wars that make everyone else's working life hell. Could you quote us on a one-day team-building program to improve morale? Slap that band-aid on the still-bleeding wounds and report back up the change that something proactive has been done. Do you have a corporate wellness program? That'll look good in the annual report. Building resilience, reducing stress, showing you care about your staff. What's not to like about that? Well, only that it doesn't work in plenty of organisations. A just-out British research project surveyed nearly 50,000 workers from companies that offered digital wellness solutions, mindfulness seminars, massage classes, resilience workshops, coaching sessions and sleep apps. From a New York Times story, I'll link to it below. Quote, These programs are a point of pride for forward-thinking human resource departments, evidence that employers care about their workers. 
But a Brucich researcher who analysed survey responses from 46,336 workers at companies that offered such programs found that people who participated in them were no better off than colleagues who did not, unquote. The researcher, Oxford University's Dr William Fleming, concluded that employers concerned about workers' mental health would do better to focus on, quote, core organisational practices like schedules, pay and performance reviews. Quote, employees do want access to mindfulness apps and sleep programs and wellbeing apps. There's not anything wrong with that, he said. If you're seriously trying to drive employees' well-being, then it has to be about working practices, unquote. More band-aids. Obviously, building resilience and reducing stress are important things. But you have to recognise where that stress comes from. Like so many horror films, it's inside the building. Launching a stress reduction app will make it worse because the app's very existence says you don't fucking get it. Your most important task as a leader isn't to inspire people to follow you as you make a dent in the universe or whatever else you read Steve Jobs did. Your main role is to take away the stupid obstacles that companies place in the path of staff who just want to do a good job. And if your business doesn't work without paying people properly, that's not a business. We're a far from perfect organisation, but we've grown consistently for a long time and have absurdly low staff turnover. We like our staff a lot, and we try to do nice things for them. The prime focus, though, has to be doing everything we can to make their everyday working life easier. Mainly by asking them how we can do that. Ours is a stressy industry at the best of times. There's a lot that can go wrong. We can make that better by buying tools and technology that our people feel they can rely on day to day, because they chose it themselves. Reducing the number of layers that information has to flow through. Making quick decisions rather than letting issues worsen. Doing our best to improve work schedules so there's fewer weekends and late nights. If you've listened to them and done all you can to lower the stress of their daily working lives, then you can think about the fun things and the team get-togethers. At that point, it's a really worthwhile investment. I do realise most of my stories are just long-form versions of short rules that have been around since the dawn of time. In this case, prevention is better than cure. But that single line wouldn't give me a chance to post this Flight of the Concords 2007 clip that, after 17 years, remains one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Sing us out, Brett and Jermaine. Then, we're in the bedroom. You're wearing that ugly old baggy t-shirt from that team building exercise you did for your old work. And it's never looked better on you. Oh, team building exercise 99. Oh, you don't know what you're doing to me. Hey, you want a book on how to break free of a job that sucks and set up your own business that you don't even have to work in? We did that, and here's the story. Undisruptable, timeless business truths for thriving in a world of non-stop change on Penguin Random House. Zoe Foster Blake, who knows a lot about both businesses and books, said, Ian is a cheeky, funny, disruptive, and importantly, proven business rascal. And thank goodness for that. Thanks, Zoe. She's never wrong. It's a number one customer review rated business book on all of Booktopia, on paper, electronic, or audiobook with me reading it like this. So get into it. 
And if you're new around here, I do a show like this pretty much every Tuesday. So hit follow on your audio platform. It'll be more next week. See you then. <laughs>